0: Today on Refried Reviews, at least the protein blocks aren't people. (laughs) That works. back to refried reviews i'm john i'm jp and uh yeah today uh at your behest jp we watched uh Snowpiercer. yeah which uh yeah what, what, it's uh well, tell, tell us a little bit about it um because <laughs> i I, I, want, I want you to run this because this movie's too fucking bananas for me to keep in my brain for long
1: God damn it. jesus um so the uh i, I guess the part of the reason that I wanted to bring this one up is because it's so crazy. Like, uh, I mean, I guess going back to maybe 2001 or Miller's crossing, something that's like uses the format to the extent uh, to, to go beyond just telling a straightforward story like i mean i i'll probably say the word operatic about a dozen times yeah. during the recording of this that is a watch word for this movie it's uh so so just to to run it
0: down real quick uh snowpiercer came out summer this summer 2014 and uh it is a dystopian science fiction movie about the remnants of the human race stuck inside of a train that's going around the world um, during one, an ice age? <laughs> during an ice age that was caused by some chemicals we put into the air to stop global warming. Yes. That is actually what this movie is about. <laughs> and it's based on a graphic novel, right? Yeah, it's based on a French uh, French comic, I think, that uh, that Bong Joon-ho got a hold of. The director Bong Joon-ho made The Host. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen The Host, see The Host. <laughs> um, he got a hold of the comic uh, during pre-production on The Host. Mm-hmm. And was like, this is awesome, I want to make this movie. And, uh, actually, Park Chan-wook, uh, who did, like, I Saw the Devil and stuff, mm-hmm. he produced this film. Oh, really? Um, yeah, so there's, like, a whole little, like, Korean cinema cabal thing going on. Huh. Which I love the work those guys do. Have you seen I Saw the Devil? Uh, I don't think so. Oh, uh, yeah, you'll see the devil. Um, <laughs> no, it's it's about this, uh, this serial killer kidnaps a guy and his pregnant wife and kills the wife but the guy gets away and it just turns out the guy happens to be a secret agent because whatever huh and then he tracks the serial killer down and the whole movie is him finding the serial killer almost killing him and then letting him go to like run away for like a day
1: is it liam neeson no
0: but it, it's pretty much liam yeah oh, okay. um, <laughs> but yeah he just keeps like finding this guy and then going and like you know like fucking cutting him up with, like, a straight razor and, like, you know, slicing shit off of him and everything, and then he, like, lets him run away for, like, a day or two, mm-hmm. and then he goes and tracks him down again and <laughs> does it to him again.
1: Wow. That's... And not part of the Revenge trilogy, either. <laughs>
0: no, no. He wow. just does it
1: over and over and over. <laughs> um. So, uh, the host, I believe, is the only movie I've seen from this director, but I did enjoy it quite a bit. Have you seen anything else from him? I don't
0: think I have. Um. I think he... Let's see what else he's done um i know he has a couple of other things around but um
1: yeah i remember looking through the filmography uh, before the movie started and nothing looked familiar
0: but yeah i mean Snowpiercer is, or the host rather is, the, is sort of the thing that broke him um into the mainstream i mean everybody just loved the hell out of that movie he also made uh yeah he's only actually uh he's written a whole bunch of stuff he let's see what else he's directed here on the imdb he directed a movie called mother uh in tokyo uh, after the host but before this and then other than that he's just done some really small things like shorts and a couple of little features i think the host was the first like really major thing he ever did oh i
1: think the tokyo thing i think i did see that oh you wasn't that the uh, the triptych with michelle gondry and somebody Uh, else yes 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 yeah i did see that in theaters and it was equally bizarre oh really yeah probably less straightforward than this movie
0: well, I mean, I mean it, the thing—the thing about Snowpiercer is it really is like there's a level on which it's just a great action movie, right? Like it is telling a straightforward story with a clear beginning, middle, and end. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like there's so many things you're asked to
1: accept at face value. Yeah, at, I mean, like I, this
0: crazy fucking world. <laughs> like.
1: I guess uh, operatic use number one. Um, yeah. <laughs> like that—that's really something that. Um, uh, going back to why I chose this movie, like it, it's something that I heard going in that it was operatic and also how polarizing this movie was. Yeah. And the thing is, I could see how you could think it's completely stupid if you do take it at face value. Like, There's a lot that doesn't make a whole lot of sense about this movie yeah. if you try and take it as like... Oh, this is this is a futuristic tale. Yeah. That, you know, in the same way that a, that a Philip K. Dick uh, adaptation would be yeah. or something. And let
0: me be clear, man. I do think it's completely
1: stupid. Mm-hmm.
0: I also love it.
1: Oh yeah, I'm <laughs> I'm saying that it, it's stupid if you take it as a literal story. Yeah, but I yeah, don't think yeah. that's what it's going for at all. Yeah, no.
0: I mean it's it's definitely existing in a very heightened reality like a comic booky kind of reality where, you know, you 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 accept certain things about the world because that's just, you know, that's what gets you to the cool story. Like comic books are great at just asking you to do that, you know. Like in, you know, the average Superman story, you're going to be asked to accept that like, you know, uh kryptonite might turn a monkey into a giant monkey just because because we're gonna get a cool
1: monkey fight scene don't worry about it like
0: <laughs> do you want the monkey fight scene right, all right you got to accept this part like you gotta you gotta kind of have it all um
1: i mean we, we may as well throw out the the spoiler warning just yeah. as with every episode yeah because i'll i guess i'll just leap in right now but yeah. i mean it i mean breeding children to be the replacement parts on a train like yeah. <laughs> it's if taken for a parable it's on the Knows if taken for reality. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense at all.
0: You couldn't like how how much easier would it be? You got to feed those kids. Anything you couldn't just build a machine shop. Like just gut one of the train cars you're using as a club right now and put a smelter in there.
1: <laughs> and I mean, I get that that parts break down over time, but it's like kids grow. Yeah. If the whole thing is that they're small and they can fit in there, that doesn't last forever either.
0: So, yeah, you want to talk about... uh, Because one of the things I really want to do with this movie that I I, I really liked was... uh, I liked having seen it a second time because of the way the ending recontextualizes the whole thing. So I was thinking maybe we could talk about the ending first and then kind of go through some key inflection points in the plot. Mm -hmm. Um, so, So the very, very quick Reader's Digest version of the whole plot is we follow a guy named Curtis who with some other friends... You got this train all the poor people in the back are all the rich people in the front, the poor people are hungry and angry. Um, and sometimes their children get taken to be parts of an engine. Yep. Um, and that's not cool. And, well, it's, uh, it's
1: very holocausty. Just sort of random shit happening to people. They have no control over it. Their food source is completely in control of the mm-hmm. upper class. And, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: And so uh, Curtis and Gilliam, uh, who's played by John Hurt mm-hmm. and is named Gilliam, in case uh, <laughs> you didn't know where this movie's heart is. Um, and... <laughs> Uh, he, he, they decide they're going to have an uprising and try and get to the front of the train and take it over so that they can have more food and a more equitable distribution of goods mm-hmm. um, it's going to get all bolshevik up in here <laughs> so they get to the
1: front of the train and you you can kind of take it from there uh there's a meeting which i guess i would explain as architectish. um <laughs> I mean, Ed Harris is is up at the front of the train hanging out, making steak for himself in a uh, lonely fashion. It is lonely steak. It's true. (laughs) Yeah, and I mean... uh,
0: With with a side of the potatoes of solitude.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, I I mean, I guess from from the literal sense, the the big reveal is is sort of that uh, Ed Harris has been working with Gilliam and that it's sort of uh, a secret program between the two of them to keep the population in line and to sort of make sure the right number of children are bred to power the train and to stage revolts when they need to lower the numbers and and things like that. Now,
0: you you keep coming back to the children thing, and it's not that
1: you shouldn't because it's (laughs) fucked up.
0: Um, But, like, I never really got the feeling that the back is allowed to continue existing at all specifically for the children.
1: Is that the feeling? Because that seems to be how you're
0: contextualizing it.
1: Mm, I mean to me some of the ed harris lines do make it sound that way of why you would keep the back section at all of yeah. sort of that's the main thing that they're providing yeah and because they don't seem to provide a ton of labor or anything directly yeah they're I mean, just kind of kept back there yeah i mean you got the one guy making the uh the protein things but i mean nobody else eats those but the people in the back uh um, well even he wasn't he like he was from the back he was he but like they had escaped one station forward by the time they found him so he's not even sort of with the peasantry (laughs) yeah yeah he gets to he gets to have a little bit more space i mean that definitely seems like at least a perk that they get to use their children yeah yeah
0: no it's true it's true i mean i kind of uh my my feeling was that the back was kept alive at all just as part of you know wilford uh the guy who runs the trains uh beneficence Mm -hmm. and then he just you know later as an aside is like oh yeah okay Occasionally, we do need some kids um, right. <laughs> but i guess your your reading makes way way more sense um that yeah like why would you because what i kept wondering you know when he outlines like oh yeah you got your haves and your have-nots and every now and then we stage a revolution my thinking was that um they kept the back around and they kept the back poor so that the back of the train would revolt every now and then Mm-hmm. Because, like, if you distribute all the chickens and the cows and stuff equitably, then there's no reason for anybody to revolt. And at that point, you've just got to go, you know, like, shoot every fourth guy in the face. Um, and that's not cool.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I mean, one one note that I wrote down from Ed Harris was, uh, thank goodness the tail section provides a steady supply of kids. So he at least sort of acknowledges that it's... <laughs> yeah it's something no. they need
0: <laughs> yeah no you know I, I, and i agree that it's something they need i just wonder how much ed harris views that as the back's primary purpose right right which you know is a little bit academic um i mean it
1: well i don't know man it shades his character pretty differently if he's keeping them all alive <laughs> just so they can give him their children um, I mean, him tamping down that floorboard with Timmy underneath, <laughs> I, I feel like his, his character was shaded pretty heavily right there. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> he's
0: he's not a good guy. Um, and the, the real shitty thing is that, like, he, w- when he gives his whole speech about the haves and have-nots and, like, how there needs to be a revolution every now and then, he almost had me. <laughs> like, I was almost like, yeah, this is really shitty, but, like... I kind of get where you're coming from, and then he had to go enslave a child, and I was like, well, okay. Uh
1: It does look lonely at the front. Maybe he is the victim.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm not saying he's the victim. I'm just saying that maybe his solution wasn't the worst one they could have come up with. Right. This is all before I saw that he had enslaved <laughs> children. I just want that to be absolutely clear. <laughs> like, you know, but then it turns out that he was using kids as machine parts. And he does that thing with his hand that's yeah, the same yeah. thing that Tilda Swinton did before, <laughs> uh, which is awesome. But in this scene, uh, so earlier, whenever they're whenever they're making their way forward, there's that scene uh, when they pass the Yekaterina Bridge. Um, where the 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 big army of masked thugs confronts Curtis and his mob, and uh, Tilda Swinton Mason stands in front of them. Which, by the way, Mason was originally written to be John C. Riley. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> and then they changed it to Tilda Swinton, who just fucking runs a clinic on Elizabeth Banks <laughs> in the Hunger, Ga- Hunger Games in this movie, doesn't she?
1: <laughs> I haven't seen Hunger Games.
0: Oh uh, yeah, Elizabeth All Banks right. plays a character named Effie Trinket, who is sort of. This very prim and proper mouthpiece of the authority sort of character—it's a very similar character. And Tilda Swinton, like <laughs> Effie Trinket, Elizabeth Banks Effie Trinket is pretty good.
1: Uh-huh. Tilda Swinton just runs a clinic. I wouldn't want to compete with Tilda Swinton on anything. <laughs> she rocks at this. I you heard that, wear that it was a shoe
0: a... on your head. <laughs> uh, It's so good. <laughs> I had,
1: I had heard that it was written for a man, and that's why the the pronouns are all over the place yeah, and the stuff. Yeah, I didn't place. know it was him though. That's was, that's too it, funny. It was going
0: to be John C. Riley, um,
1: especially after Guardians of the Galaxy. Galaxy. like i could see him wearing that outfit and doing it
0: <laughs> yeah uh, but yeah there's that scene where uh mason is there with uh her mob and uh she's standing in front of curtis and she says oh you couldn't stop 74 percent of you will die mm-hmm. and then and the front because i think i was telling you before we were like officially rolling i the first time i saw this i kind of thought Uh, Wilford was lying about him and Gilliam being partners, that it was Mm -hmm. just him fucking with Curtis. I didn't want to believe it either any more than Curtis does. Right. Um, But then now seeing a couple of things, the first being the 74% figure being thrown out then (laughs) and then later repeated by Wilford, Mm -hmm. um, that makes me go, okay, yeah, you guys what the fuck Um, (laughs) and then the second thing being uh, all the different times that Gilliam tries to get Curtis to turn back
1: um and then mm-hmm. later we find out that the revolt was supposed to end at the yekaterina tunnel i didn't think that was that was really interesting yeah. it was sort of a you push through where you're supposed to fail <laughs>
0: yeah 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 and i mean, I mean did you notice it this time around like john hurt continually saying like hey you know we've got some wounded like
1: yeah i definitely noticed that they they threw in some hints i mean the the percentage one was the main one that i that yeah. i picked up on as well um I guess just sort of speaking about Gilliam's character... Yeah. How about the, um, like, amputation representing loss of power? Like, I was trying to think of an exact reference point that it reminded me of, but it's... I hmm. don't know. I don't think it represent. I mean, it seemed to represent a gain in
0: power, at least in terms of the power dynamics at the back. Like, I mean, because it seemed like he was more respected than anybody else, and he also had fewer limbs.
1: Yeah, I suppose. Well, I mean, more sort of thematically just the fact that that's what's taken from you i don't know like with the the freezing the freezing of the arm oh yeah the freezing of the arm i think that might have just been there to be fucked up right (laughs) well just i mean sort of like ed harris is intact as the head of the front and gilliam as the head of the back is almost completely destroyed
0: oh yeah 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 yeah. and how
1: you know when when curtis is finally willing to i don't know fulfill his destiny or whatever is when he loses his arm because he couldn't handle it uh, which
0: by the way let's talk about that that scene because uh-huh. like that's again operatic because this is a scene so so what happens at the end is curtis decides to save one of these little kids who's stuck in this machinery but there's a turning gear so he realizes he's got to stop the gear to get the kid out what he doesn't do is look behind him at all the chairs and break <laughs> one and use a chair leg uh-huh what he does use is his own arm Mm -hmm. because you know i mean i don't i didn't read that as a loss of power because we heard the story as curtis's backstory that he um so what happened basically is when when the when the train was first loaded in the back nobody was given food and they started eating the week and curtis says you know what i hate about myself i know Mm -hmm. what people taste like (laughs) and i know that babies taste the best (laughs) Uh. yeah um and he, uh, uh, Gilliam was the one who stopped Curtis, um, from killing one kid uh in particular who ended up being curtis's second in command um because gilliam hacked off one of his arms and said eat this mm-hmm. and then people everywhere started hacking off limbs and you know
1: cooking those so that everybody could survive yeah, i guess sacrifice would be a better term than the yeah. loss of power is yeah. more what i'm going for because mm-hmm. then we see that curtis has that scar where he couldn't finish
0: cutting his own arm off mm-hmm. um and then uh at the end curtis is finally able to sever his own arm um because he shoves it into that
1: machinery as a decision it makes no sense at all but uh (laughs) he was infuriated about the reveal of um was it you need two arms to hold a woman or whatever yeah yeah. Yeah. Hmm. he was going Uh, against gilliam (laughs) uh, yeah
0: (laughs) i'll show you what i need to hold a woman And then, yeah, and then he, he breaks his own arm off in the uh, in the machinery so the little kid can get out. So I, I kind of read that as him finally being willing to do what it takes mm-hmm. and being... Because he, he, he seemed so tortured through the whole movie at his uh, inability to rise to the occasion when he had the chance. Mm-hmm. And he seemed like he was aching for that chance again. Like, all he really wanted to do was replay that moment and be able to go through with it. And so he finally kind of got what he
1: wanted at the end. Um yeah I mean i I don't know how well this exactly holds up, considering that Gilliam was a traitor, but I guess it's it's interesting how it could be kind of symbolic in terms of Ed Harris espousing that everyone has to sacrifice, and yeah. like I have this heavy heart and I'm lonely up here, where my sticks, <laughs> yeah, exactly, where it's sort of like if you are the ruling class it's easy to decide what is and isn't a sacrifice yeah. well he's completely intact and they <laughs> and the the tail end has had to make sort of real sacrifices yeah, yeah no, they're, they're the ones who have it hard no i mean it, there's there's definitely a world's smallest violin
0: quality to uh <laughs> to ed harris's um whole speech um but yeah, let's uh, maybe we can go back to the beginning and uh, and kind of go through there. But I, I wanted to kind of get that out of the way because so much about that ending crystallizes all these themes in the film. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you want to you want to kind of just take us through from the beginning?
1: Uh, sure. So I guess uh, it's basically the opening shot is the. I I thought it was beautiful how exposition was sort of woven into this movie. Yeah, I wrote that down, too. How the um, uh, Curtis refusing to sit down as they're counting the rows of people in the back is essentially how it begins. So, you know, we see how subjugated they are. We see that there are guards managing them. We see that Mm -hmm. Curtis is kind of the new leader. (laughs) But he's not just refusing to sit down.
0: Mm -hmm. He's counting
1: uh, the gates. Right, right, right. Yeah,
0: because he—he's you—you can tell he's got a scheme, mm-hmm. you know.
1: Um, but I mean, as far as opening shots go, uh, or like you know, opening segments go, <laughs> yeah, I thought that pretty clearly laid out everything we're supposed to know.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. I mean, you got Gilliam right next to him. Gilliam looks like shit, um, and he's also one of the few old people around, so you kind of infer that he is uh, doing well. Sorry, my phone keeps going off.
1: <laughs> no worries. Um,
0: but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I hear you. I hear you. It's 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 a good beginning. Also, did you notice how they? Uh, we blamed chemtrails for the whole thing
1: i i saw there was definitely a lot of footage of that stuff <laughs> Yeah,
0: turns out it was chemtrails
1: <laughs> uh, if only people had believed the conspiracy theorists
0: <laughs> <laughs> should just listen to alex jones
1: <laughs> um so if, if we didn't know that uh these guards are probably not the best folks and not to be trusted they uh they ask for uh violinists and we get, yeah, or oh, we're, uh, we're treated to a scene early on of an elderly couple being split up and uh, one of their hands crunched by the uh, guard's boot. Yeah, yeah. All because they only needed one violinist. Yeah. Like, you wouldn't
0: just take two. <laughs> you dicks. Yeah. Uh.
1: Yeah, so if we get uh, some insight into the brutality going on pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, we're introduced to the protein block that we discussed um yeah. and uh this is also the introduction of apparently messages are being passed back to the tail section or yeah. or to the to the back via the protein blocks repository within the
0: protein <laughs> blocks
1: yeah. yeah so uh we're introduced to um oh, shit what's the the woman's name and her son timmy
0: Oh, uh I just called her Octavia Spencer because that's her name. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll just call her Octavia Spencer. That's okay, funny. I know I have her name
1: down here somewhere. Which how anyway. awesome
0: is it that Octavia Spencer was just playing a really serious role <laughs> in a science fiction, in like a Korean science fiction movie yeah. with Chris Evans? Like you've come a long way from the help,
1: and <laughs> was was taken along for a good chunk of the movie. Yeah,
0: and kicked some ass. Yeah, like, she stabbed a lot of people. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I thought she did a great job. Yeah, and I, um, I really
0: really enjoyed her with her with her kid Timmy. Who who who, uh, who didn't want to give him the protein block with the message in it and wanted the ball. Also, did you see the ball when he finally got the ball? It's the worst
1: ball. Um. <laughs> well, I definitely i i got the thematic idea of, like, yeah, that's just a ball. Like, that that's sad that no, he was that it ex- wasn't even a ball. It had, like, a weird tail. <laughs> like, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, just the, you know, his excitement over... Something that turned out to not be a cool ball, or no, no, it's not a cool ball. At all. <laughs> it, it wasn't really... a euphemism for a fun toy, no, it's really
0: more of a wad than a ball. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: but you can't be like, I'll give you the wad for a whole hour.
1: <laughs> all right, so here's where we're uh, we're sort of introduced to the messages being sent back, and uh, uh, Tanya is her name, yeah, and um. And she asks what she asks Curtis whether it's time yet. So we get the idea that a plan has sort of been
0: hatching. (laughs) And I love that about this movie that it it starts just like like we start with the scheme Mm -hmm. like there is no like 15 minutes of just like everything sure is shitty someone should hatch a scheme (laughs) like they've been thinking before the cameras rolled right you know and there's so there's 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 a very in media res feeling to the whole thing also just in terms of the setting um can we talk about bioshock for a second sure (laughs) um have you played bioshock the first one yeah yeah or the second one i mean any of them Mm because they're because like i just kept thinking like especially with the way like the the train is kind of like deco retro future Mm -hmm. like this is a very very Bioshocky sort of situation mm-hmm. I mean we've got like the, the co- rapture train it's totally a rapture train you don't think it's a rapture train oh no, I could see it like I mean especially once they once they get to the front and they see that like all the rich people are decked out like it's 1927 <laughs> and like there's like a one there's one powerful industrialist like John Galt figure um like at the front he's Andrew Ryan man it's totally a Bioshock train
1: I guess the the Chronol heads are kind of like splicers they're totally splicers <laughs> It even says that the chronal gives you, like, psychic visions and stuff. Yeah. They're
0: splicing. It's a Bioshock train. Anyway, I had to get that out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Also, uh, City of Lost Children
1: is the other thing that this thing made me think of all the uh, time. Because it's great and doesn't make any sense. Um, well, I mean, you already you already sort of uh, tipped off the Terry Gilliam yeah, thematic yeah. stuff. That's, that's certainly... Um, uh, I mean, you were talking about how it just sort of kicks off without yeah. a ton of exposition, yeah. at least direct explaining to the camera exposition. Yeah. I'm reminded, it probably came up in the Akira podcast, but I feel like anime is really good at that, comics are really good at that, and yeah. Terry Gilliam is good at that. <laughs> of like, I'm just going to drop you in the situation and hopefully you'll be able to figure it out. Yeah. At least by the second viewing. Yeah. <laughs> it's true.
0: It's true. So yeah, uh, so Timmy's got
1: his shitty little ball, and yep. they're coming up with this, and they,
0: uh, they're they getting ready to do something awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I guess the, pretty quickly, they, they start executing the plan that they're discussing. It yeah. is time. <laughs> fairly, yeah. fairly
0: fast. Well, um, they,
1: they come get some
0: kids, and then they freeze that guy's
1: arm. Oh yeah, that's Which, right. I guess Tilda Swinton's big kind of fucked up introduction. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah and the 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 hat and the shoe speech and the foot in the head um god
1: and then freezing a dude's arm um (laughs) yeah i guess the use of pocket watches is another like retro future kind of thing oh yeah 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 i mean what what where what kind of
0: wealthy fucking weirdo industrialist (laughs) builds a train to go around the world that
1: then happens to be the only thing that survives like the global freeze would it for some reason be easier to keep warm and functional if it was moving isn't that expending a lot of energy
0: um well i think that i mean the engine ran on i don't know wishes i don't know <laughs> right? uh, but i mean the only thing that i heard that like kept the train kind of sustainable was that the nose of the train takes water in and oh, that's what yeah. they drink yeah that's true But other than I guess that, that like no man <laughs> it's it's no um i did speaking of like how the train maintains itself though did you remember the sushi bar speech Mm. Also foreshadowing the ending where they're at the sushi bar with the aquarium and they say like we only serve sushi twice a year because uh the the uh, aquarium is a closed ecosystem, and you have to keep the balance mm-hmm. and so like we do have to go in and kill a few fish every now and then, but we can't kill too many and we can't kill too few because you have to maintain balance <laughs> big sustainability speech <laughs> yeah um, so that's that's all it is they just they're, they're just keeping the train sustainable, killing poor people
1: yeah um, <laughs> I guess that that sushi scene was another good sort of operatic example of like yeah this is kind of silly if you literally <laughs> yeah yeah but but <laughs> shut up there's kung fu yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i mean when you get into uh i mean we can talk about it a little bit later but the the parallels between modern society and how much of us is represented in this movie are we the tail section or are we the front section like yeah. all those sorts of questions uh introduce the idea of sort of how much the upper class people seem to want to ignore that all this is happening yeah and it's that that certainly theme seems a thematic to the modern world as well
0: yeah of like how
1: bad would it have to get for you to not put your head in the sand about it
0: yeah absolutely um yeah we i mean how good would you have to have it as well Mm because i feel like it's directly proportional i mean one thing we don't really see on this train is like a middle class Yeah, (laughs) yeah there's unbelievably dirt poor people (laughs) and then there are people living the most opulent lifestyle you possibly could like there's a crazy ass rave club on this train (laughs) and it's right in the front too like why is it between everything else in the engine
1: well I, i mean i sort of took that as like the uh i don't know what you'd describe it as but sort of as the curve is a direct correlation between like your your social class and how oblivious you're willing to be yeah. and that like sort of that is that is the height of excess yeah. is like you know uh like club 54 style like just yeah. partying all the time and barely even paying attention yeah just i mean just i mean the last thing you see before you go into the room with the with the
0: engine is like a, just a sort of an opium den full of like cronol heads <laughs> who are just completely zonked out because like what else they have to do they're stuck on this train mm-hmm. this shitty shitty train <laughs> with all this chronol, I yeah mean, what are we gonna do <laughs> So yeah, then they're 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 enacting the plan because it's 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 time back, back in the tail section.
1: Um and the plan is a tube. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. So the the reason that Curtis was counting the seconds was seeing how long they had to uh basically run this reinforced tube all the way down the hallway as fast as they could to lock the gates uh you know, so they would come come down on top of it, yeah, allowing them to get through. Yeah. Um, and luckily he has the help of
0: a shoehorned in Kung Fu guy. Right. <laughs> um, I don't know too much about the production history of this movie other than that, like there are definitely some elements that when the, cause there, the big controversy about this movie was the Weinsteins wanted to pretty drastically recut it for an American audience. Mm-hmm. And finally, like the version we saw was like the regular one. It was the one that Bong Jun ho wanted to put out. Um, but there are things like that Kung Fu guy um who's clearly there for you know um an an asian audience um Mm -hmm. and then also the the safe cracker dude who's the who's also the main character from the host um who's one of the biggest stars in korea oh right Um, he's an Mm -hmm. enormous actor in korea oh nice Mm -hmm. um so that's that's what he's doing here um trying to up that korean box office (laughs) um and he i mean you know not that he didn't deserve it he's good Mm -hmm. but like that's why he got hired (laughs) right right um He's he's a whole whole lot of fun. <laughs> um but yeah, so they, they ran the tube in and then the uh the, the knife guy they the next segment over, I guess, is the from them is the guard bunk. And then uh, they're fighting, and the 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 uh, kung fu guy runs down that tube, and then jumps like onto the piping, and then wraps his legs around a dude and stabs him like in the neck or something. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, whatever he does, it's totally fucking badass. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty pretty nuts. Yeah,
1: um, I really really
0: enjoyed it. Um, and then uh, then from there it's it's just kind of on.
1: Yeah, and I mean I guess this was the reveal that um, the sort of what uh the catalyst for why they should do the plan right now is curtis believes they're out of bullets
0: yes yeah yeah
1: so there was the pretty badass move but he grabs the gun barrel doesn't he yeah and like puts it to his forehead
0: he grabs the gun barrel and then uh he says go ahead do it and the soldier's not pulling the trigger so then he grabs the gun and pulls the trigger oh wow (laughs) and then he's like they're out of bullets (laughs) and then it's just it's just fucking on yeah yeah
1: Yeah, so that was very cool. And um, so as part of this plan, not just to work up forward through the train, is uh, I guess the, the message they got in the protein block, was it? Yeah. Had the name of the security expert, the, the Korean yeah. actor we were discussing. Yeah. Um, and it's revealed that uh, not only is it shitty to be lower class, but uh, prison is even worse on this train yeah. than regular prison, turns out. Yeah. You just live in a drawer. <laughs> I mean, did you get the feeling they were living in the drawer or that they were in some kind of, like, stasis yeah, I wasn't real sure, like yeah. whether that's their cell for the night. <laughs>
0: yeah, or
1: because uh, you can't just put somebody in a drawer. Like,
0: you, I, I mean, mean the, they
1: treated people pretty badly in I this know, movie.
0: But, but <laughs> you'll, Like, you put somebody in a drawer, they'll die in like a month or two, right? Like, people can't just live in a drawer, can they? <laughs>
1: I mean I'm not mm. an expert. <laughs> I'd probably devise something. Uh, some sort of drawer system. Have like a hamster feeder that you plug with protein blocks or uh, something. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's no good. Um <laughs> So uh they free him. Yeah. He demands they free his daughter, yeah. who has these psychic visions and they're both so huge into Chronole. Is
0: she psychic? because it's kind of hinted at and that's it's sort of like an asian cinema thing of like the rando psychic mm-hmm. like people are always just sort of a little bit more willing to accept that it seems like in uh in like korean and japanese films
1: it seemed like she was at least superhuman perceptive i think like... she was just really good at hearing like mm-hmm. i think she
0: uh, good at hearing that's a weird way to say <laughs> that she was a great hearer um no she just had fantastic hearing because like train babies tend to Mm -hmm. um i mean i that's that's how i read it uh and that's that's a little bit more plausible to me than like no she just she's just
1: psychic man sometimes people are psychic shut up yeah Yeah. i mean they could be kind of amped up on chrono (laughs) that's true (laughs) maybe it has some kind of like speed effect or something (laughs) It gives you
0: like daredevil hearing
1: (laughs) (laughs) exactly uh so let's see they break them out of prison and then they make the deal, which is like for every gate between train cars you open
0: will give you one nugget of Cronol. And Cronol is like it basically looks like green play-doh and you sniff it mm-hmm. is sort of what you do. Um you don't snort it, you just sort of smell the rock and then that like gets you off, I guess.
1: Yeah, and I mean we, we learned certainly by the end that it's like the waste of the train. Yeah. Do they do they say that early? I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, it's 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 the it's industrial waste. Um and it's it gets you high.
0: Um, but perhaps our safe-cracking friend has another purpose for it. <laughs> As he rubs
1: his hands together. Yes. <laughs> Let's see. Uh... <sighs> so, uh, yeah. Then they uh,
0: they go for... From there, they, they their plan, or the plan that Gilliam is advocating is that they go for the water. Mm -hmm. he's saying like we don't need to go to the front of the train which again he doesn't want to (laughs) because he's working with wilford Um, i know a good stopping point (laughs) (laughs) he's saying like if we just control the water then you know they'll have to give in to our demands um which honestly in addition to being a double cross is actually a pretty good plan yeah um but they decide to go forward and i think this might be when they encounter their friend that they used to know in the back who's been making the protein blocks Mm -hmm. um who who eats the protein
1: blocks what are protein blocks made of jp <laughs> well this this i thought was interesting because uh i've I've done a lot of reading over the past year or two about how um, one way the world might deal with the population explosion we're going to have to deal with is cricket protein and yeah. cricket flour. And uh, this this movie kind of set that movement back a little bit by making it look like the most horrific dystopian future ever. It is the soul man <laughs> of eating crickets, yes. <laughs> with Chris Evans almost vomiting all over himself, yeah. <laughs> looking down into the tank to see that there's, I mean, it I just bugs, I guess. Yeah. No,
0: it's it's a roiling, churning vat of uh, of bugs just yeah. getting churned up into gelatinous protein blocks. Um, which, yeah, it's gross, but like the protein blocks don't seem to look that bad. Right? Um, I read on set that uh, that uh, Chris Evans didn't like them, but Tilda Swinton was a fan. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, yeah, she she would eat them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But, yeah, then he he looks down and he... I feel like it's the first time we see, like, the burden of leadership here with Curtis, too. Where he's like, oh, we can never tell anybody Mm -hmm. that that's what's going on in here. This is just gonna, you know, we'll we'll, we'll take this to our graves. No one can know that they've been eating bugs this whole time.
1: I mean, they lived through that whole cannibal thing, but... (laughs) Bugs is gonna freak them out. (laughs) Operatic. (laughs) Uh, Let's see, I looking at my notes it was around here that uh curtis mentions that he had uh 17 years on earth 17 years in the tail section yeah so that puts him in kind of an interesting point where he lived half and half yeah and his revolutionary age in his 30s yeah he is
0: so yeah so he's uh so he's 34 is he yeah yeah um he's looking good for 34
1: yeah <laughs> I, mean, I mean he's got
0: both his legs and both his arms which on the train like that sounds like that's kind of a win yeah that's true yeah um. So yeah, around here I think is when they um uh, get to that uh, the next door and open it, and there's that mob of masked dudes. With... <laughs> and I, I really like the way this next scene with this with like the security force that's come to stop them escalates things because like our guys have been fighting so far with like pipes and like blunt instruments, mm-hmm. but these guys have sharp things. Yes, like...
1: that they use to cut a fish with. <laughs>
0: yeah, they so they so they cut open a fish, <laughs> and then they put its blood on all their axes
1: why they do that (laughs) i assumed it's just sort of ceremonial weirdness like i took it as either taking from some kind of real ceremonial battle thing that i'm unfamiliar with or just inventing a weird one because the bread and butter of this movie is like look at all this fucked up constructed stuff this train society came up with (laughs) yeah yeah so i
0: figured it was sort of one of those two (laughs) yeah or there's some kind of like
1: venom in the fish blood that, oh yeah. You know, that's gonna hurt people. I don't know. Um Well I mean Curtis slips on the slip so. on the fish maybe they're like we need him to slip how do we do it i don't know like why the fuck did he slip on a fish man
0: that was so that that happens in this fight scene like our hero is is kicking ass and
1: doing awesome things we need to get a bigger fan base so there's a chance of people who can explain things to us (laughs) yeah and then
0: yeah everybody write in tweet us um (laughs) if you can explain why curtis in this movie slipped on a fish (laughs) i would be very very grateful um, but it's funny cuz he slips on a fish and then just keeps kicking ass yeah. after that. And then uh, <laughs> then this they're at the Yekaterina Bridge at this point which is which is New Year's for yeah, them
1: the New Year's countdown. <laughs>
0: yeah. That was fucking weird. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Whole fight scene stops so everybody can count down the new year. I feel like this this doesn't stick out in my memory as much as, as that crazy. I think because it is pretty quickly followed up by The Classroom, which definitely amps the crazy oh, up. Oh, <laughs> God. The
0: Classroom is so fucking nuts. And little Allison Pill from the newsroom is just fucking bizarre. Um, but this, this fight scene, though, uh, leads to a couple of important things. First is uh, we see the... Um, we see, uh, what's his ass, uh, the, the safe cracker guy, uh, the security expert mm-hmm. look outside at a plane that's, uh, crashed, um, down the presumably just crashed when everything went to shit mm-hmm. and he's like all excited. We find out later that he's excited because last year when they passed, he couldn't see as much of the plane, which means the snow is melting yeah, um, and it's getting better and that's what he wants. Like there really is a way in which like this movie has two different plots going on and like security expert guy had a completely different scheme this whole time mm-hmm. and i really like how much agency he's revealed to have at the end you know in the end when he says like no this cronol it's a bomb and i'm going to blow the door open on this train and we're going to get out mm-hmm. um because this train sucks <laughs> there's got to be more i mean it kind of made me wonder like do you think there are other little pockets of humanity somewhere else like there has to be right like it has to be that there are other like the train can't have been the only option
1: (laughs) yeah i mean it's it's hard to tell because the like uh, again the movie does such crazy things that you're supposed to take at face value or just accept because they are and it seems like we're kind of told this is all that's left yeah so I, i mean i i don't know one would imagine there are other people out there somewhere Particularly, I guess, with the end would be part of the hope involved. Yeah, I mean, there's at least one polar bear. Right. And he, and he actually looks pretty healthy, so yeah.
0: or she, went in check. Uh, yeah, I guess it does take a lot of food to keep a polar bear alive. It mm. takes a ton of food to keep a polar bear yeah. alive, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's that's promising. Um, and also, like, they're going to be okay. I mean, there were probably a number of other survivors from the train crash at the end, Um You know and there's probably a lot of resources on the train they can like they can probably set up like a little town around there but i guess the whole goal is to get the fuck away from that horrible horrible train so
1: Eh, probably depends who survived (laughs) yeah that's true i mean the bad guys seem pretty hardy based on that henchman (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) god (laughs) so this one henchman the henchman who first shows up in this scene i guess he's Mm -hmm. got him and his no no he shows up he and his uh bearded henchman buddy are flanking tilda swinch when she makes the the hat and the shoe speech and then they're in this fight scene at Yekaterina Bridge, and uh, and then bearded henchman guy dies. Right, right. And then uh, then they go through the tunnel um, <laughs> when the little girl. There's a tunnel after Yekaterina Bridge. A tunnel? Yeah, a fucking long one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was also the uh, precisely seventy four percent of you were gonna die was yeah. leading into the uh, the slaughter in the dark. <laughs> yeah. So it goes dark. All the henchmen put on night vision goggles, and then like.
0: Apparently they held the the good guys held out long enough for that kid to run all the way from the
1: back of the train
0: <laughs> which how big is this fucking train
1: I mean like, maybe it's like 50 yards back like are these fairly small rooms Yeah I don't but know.
0: like dude are there like <laughs> I mean cuz we're supposed to believe I mean I I'm 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 just believing that off camera there's a whole lot of moving through like dorms and like store rooms and shit like that like we saw him walking through the room with all the chickens and the room with all the beef mm-hmm. and I'm assuming there's a room full of just like you know champagne and a room full of rice and a room full of all this other stuff that you would need that
1: we just don't see um it's like the the, uh, the overlook hotel
0: <laughs> yeah exactly it's just like the overlook hotel um where but like this kid sprints well i guess it's like a relay race they run all the way from the back with this torch mm-hmm. and like i guess we're supposed to believe that our guys just held out long enough and i mean it's again i'm willing to believe it because it's a fucking cool sequence <laughs> but really like
1: (laughs) yeah you could have shown him like camping out in the kitchen or or the water treatment or whatever it was like somewhere a little closer
0: yeah but no he (laughs) runs all the way back from the ass end of this train with a torch and uh yeah then 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 they light him
1: the fuck up and it's cool yeah and they fight back so uh was i forget his name i wrote little buddy is killed was is edgar his name I think his
0: his name is edgar he's actually named after edgar wright oh is he yeah (laughs) that's awesome Um, but yeah he gets killed uh, when Curtis has to choose between saving him and capturing Mason and he chooses to capture Mason because you know it's the second time ever uh, after uh telling not telling people about the bugs that uh he's decided to make a tough he's had to make a tough decision and like it's cool because we always like films tend to or hollywood films tend to have their protagonists go through these things and then find a third way because we like that mm-hmm. like we never see our leaders confronted with the kind of situations that leaders are frequently confronted with um and have to make those decisions mm-hmm. but like yeah welcome to war bro sometimes right. you have to let your buddies die so that you can accomplish your goal. You know, it reminds me, there's a a story from the Civil War that um, Lincoln was complaining to Grant that Grant was losing too many soldiers to which Grant replied, if you didn't want to lose this many soldiers, you shouldn't have started a war. Yeah, that's (laughs) Um, a good point. (laughs) um, But yeah, they... uh, they they, they they beat him back there and then we have kind of rest time um where everybody gets to kinda of take a shower, assess their wounds, and then John Hurt is like, Hey, we could just stop. We could just be done, we have the water.
1: We could we could just be finished. And they uh they captured Tillis Winton as part of this yeah. fight, did they? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Who's just Curtis, Curtis, my friend. <laughs>
1: And he uh, Gilliam tells Curtis that he's the leader, which I thought was interesting. That, that Curtis considering. is considering, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, you know full well you're already our leader is what yeah. he says to him, which is really cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, he because uh, you know
0: the power in your hands and all that sort of stuff.
1: I don't, I don't fully remember the the context. Do you remember it? Is is that line played as like? Knowing what we know about him, was that, like, a little bit of goodness sort of pushing him in the right direction? Or I can't really remember what else was surrounding it. I think it
0: it was. I mean, I think it was you kind of, you have the power to stop this, Mm -hmm. you know? Um... But yeah, then they uh, they they break away, sort of their smaller group, and continue their glorious march towards the front of the train. And we're running a little bit short
1: on time, but I definitely want to talk about that classroom. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean that's the next thing in my notes. Yeah. So
0: <laughs> tell us about about what school is like on the train.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I guess they we already talked about the sushi bar, but we hit that sequence, yeah. and then we wander into the very bizarre classroom where um. I, I, I believe the the opening thing we see is the song is that no, 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 pretty no. early on. No, or... they walk in and uh, and and Mason says we have some visitors from
0: tail section <laughs> um, who are here to, to 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 see what's going on. And then uh, then Allison Pill, pregnant teacher, Allison Pill <laughs> runs us through a history lesson. Um, of the 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 train and how the whole thing works. Mm-hmm. What happens if the train stops? We all freeze <laughs> and die.
1: Yeah, <laughs> rumble, rumble, rattle, rattle. It What's w- the reason why, <laughs>
0: Wilford?
1: <laughs> Which uh, this so fucking weird. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess this. This is another one of those those split sequences where it's almost if you take it as reality it's ridiculous and if you take it as parable it's a little on the nose yeah um, but, but it's I, so
0: fucking wacky oh that you no love it's it.
1: it's wonderful the um, so I guess the part of the the greater thematic stuff as as I took it was. Um, I guess the the parallel it's it maybe trying to draw would be you could point at something like uh i guess recently columbus day is something that's sort of contentious yeah and to depending on your point of view if you wandered into a children's classroom and saw that being taught like it could seem utterly barbaric and bizarre yeah. and like brainwashing so i mean that's i, I especially assume... when they pass by the revolt of the seven those seven people who escaped and
0: got out and then froze one of whom was the security expert's wife
1: Oh, really? Yeah. Ah. Yeah, but sort of the... uh, Yeah, the uh, the shaming of people who are are not part of your group. And so it's... It definitely... It felt to me like a pretty powerful scene of indoctrination. Yeah, like yeah. if if you're looking at any system from the outside yeah. of and all the sort of the walls they've constructed and everything that's just sort of come from the past and in, been ingested into your culture without you really thinking about it. The songs they sing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's they're 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 reifying a whole lot of different concepts into their culture. I don't think I'm using the word reify correctly there. Sorry, internet. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's 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 got a whole whole lot of that going on. Um, And then the New Year's eggs show up And the New Year's bullets (laughs) (laughs) And then we get this pregnant school teacher Just spraying everybody with gunfire until uh, <laughs> until Kung Fu guy throws a knife into a pregnant woman's throat. <laughs> yeah, that, that happens was, in this movie. <laughs>
1: pretty wild. <laughs> uh, it was awesome. <laughs> that uh, goes up against Battle Royale as a, one of my favorite <laughs> knife throwing kills. Like, holy shit!
0: What happens in Battle Royale with the knife throwing kill?
1: It's like when the movie is starting and you're barely sure what it is and how literal this movie is and stuff. There's like, it's right when they capture the students and they're like yeah. explaining to them what's going on uh you know a 15 year old girl or whatever tries to run or or says this is this is crazy you can't do this or something and they just throw a knife and it lands square in her forehead in front of all the other students and she falls to her feet dead or falls off her feet dead i should say oh that's uh that's kind of wonderful
0: but yeah <laughs> as, as
1: an establishing scene it's uh there are a few that sort of uh hit the ground running that way yep yep <laughs> uh-huh um yeah but
0: they they do manage to get out oh yeah and also uh their violinist friend comes back in this scene um for new year's he comes mm-hmm. back and plays a little thing on a one-stringed violin um <laughs> yes and then, oh, the sad. One, and then the one <laughs> string snaps <laughs> uh
1: it, it's super duper sad
0: um but yeah then they uh they're, they're, they kind of continue making their way forward
1: um well was and, isn't it in that uh in that kind of rampage that a uh, gilliam dies hmm. no gilliam gets executed um because they
0: uh they go forward a little bit more and uh then uh they see i forget exactly where but curtis sees on a monitor it's shown to him um that uh that they're in the back oh yeah no it is it is in that rampage because the the bald guy's in the back with the eggs and he's shooting up a bunch of people and then they see on a monitor that the bald guy who was shooting everybody up is back there and he drags gilliam in front of the tv and plugs
1: him oh Um, i see I just remembered that he kills Tilda Swinton sort of in anger yes. shortly thereafter. He does, he does shoot Tilda Swinton as she says, Curtis, my friend. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then she gets shot in the face because she deserved it. She was awful. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not that there was a ton of marketing for this movie or anything, yeah. but I, I did enjoy that they sort of kept that under wraps, that she's not the main villain all the way through. Yeah, <laughs> that she's just sort of this mouthpiece. And then fucking Ed Harris shows
0: up at the end. <laughs> yeah. And you know what's weird? I don't know if I like read about it, but I kind of always imagined, like as I was watching the movie, the first time I just kind of imagined Ed Harris at the end the whole time I
1: was just like
0: it's probably gonna be Ed Harris
1: (laughs) somebody's gotta be mission control
0: yeah exactly (laughs) I don't care what the train was designed to do I care what it can do (laughs) um but yeah, then the, I guess the next little bit of the movie is them kind of being pursued by that henchman, mm-hmm. um, who and it, already got stabbed in
1: the kidney, and now is coming after them with an assault rifle <laughs> and a couple of henchmen. Yeah, and I mean, this, this I guess, gets into sort of the more direct, like, a lot of these levels that they're they're pushing forward, they don't spend as much time in each one, but they all look at least relatively familiar in yeah. terms of, like, how we as a modern society like to spend our free time. Or at least did in the 40s. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> So I mean that it doesn't sort of get as in depth, but we do get the sense of like, okay, we're climbing the societal structure. There's a lot of parallels. Are we more the front of the train or the back of the train yeah, at this point? We definitely point? show up in a, like a nightclub in Rapture at one point. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so that's that's sort of the, uh, how it's how it's flowing as they move through the train. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay. So we end up in a sauna, a All fateful, right. fateful sauna. Uh, yes, I did. Love. I forget where it was, but I just wrote down the quote. Uh, you just killed a front section passenger. <laughs> oh yeah, and then uh,
0: and then he just turns around and shoots that henchman. <laughs> yeah, and then when the under henchman says, "I didn't see anything," he shoots
1: him too. <laughs> i didn't know what this to... dude kind of becomes like michael myers or the terminator <laughs> like at this point i didn't really know what to call him so in my notes i mentioned him as a uh, the dude who isn't michael mckean <laughs> he does look like kind of a sloppy bloody he, he version of him is not michael mckean <laughs> <laughs> but he kind of almost is so. yeah uh let's see so through <laughs> the nightclub world they pass through yeah and this is this when they reach the main door <laughs> yeah and uh this is i guess the big reveal so well it's uh where curtis is trying to convince the the safe cracker to unlock the door for him yeah. and we get sort of his big plan is revealed the the safe cracker that he yeah. wants to blow the front door and sort of blow the whole society up really yeah. and get out of the train yeah
0: because fuck this train <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah it's uh so then we also get the curtis reveal yeah of the oh, yeah, cannibalism he a cigarette yeah. and spools out his backstory yeah <laughs> the last cigarette <laughs> yeah <laughs> operatic yeah yeah uh yeah after a month we ate the week you know what i hate about myself i know what people taste like i know that babies taste best Uh... Uh curtis was the man with the knife i killed edgar's mother yeah huh there's a lot of a lot of murder in this movie
0: yeah it's a murder heavy flick (laughs) um But then, uh, so so yeah, then the door opens and Curtis gets invited to dinner. We get our whole ending scene we talked about. But then outside is safe cracker guy who's been gut shot Mm -hmm. and his drunk ass daughter, um, who (laughs) stole some wine from, uh, from some club kids, um, and uh also i read that the club kid that she steals the wine from the one who reaches for her like in the little Cronal den is still swinton also oh um, really yeah so i wow. are gonna have to go back and see that again <laughs> but uh yeah then it's then like for some reason all these club kids i'm guessing the club kids all decided to like form a mob and come after them because they took all the
1: Cronal. it seemed like the like the henchmen kind of rallied them and yeah and they oh, were yeah. disrupted and oh yeah because there's that crazy fight scene back in the sauna we didn't talk about this that uh <laughs> that they finally
0: like down the henchmen but then he just gets back up all covered in knife wounds was
1: that was that when tanya died it's was when that? tanya died uh, and it's when
0: kung fu guy died because he uh, takes the knife through his hand
1: and then the henchman oh, slowly right. pushes
0: the knife into his chest and it's <laughs> fucking grueling to watch
1: yeah it, it's sort of it's easy to forget that this movie is not just dour but pretty grizzly <laughs> it's real real grizzly it's just very exciting yeah. all the time <laughs> um yeah and the uh, the fight commences over the uh, the bridge that looks like it's you know it's it's practically part of the um return of the jedi death star like <laughs> yeah. if you stumble in any way you'll probably fall to your death <laughs> yeah and like that one little angel kid does um <laughs> <laughs> it's crunched up by machinery yeah, doesn't little, it? poor little party monster he's, uh,
0: <laughs> so he's dead <laughs> yeah
1: so that that fight is sort of happening simultaneously during the uh the architect
0: yeah the architect conductor the conductor
1: i guess is not that far off kids doing the thing
0: and it's (laughs) oh and that's when curtis decides fuck it i'll get this kid out and then they get the kid out and then the little then uh then safecracker's daughter yana i think is her name blows the door um everything goes to shit Mm -hmm. everybody but her and one of the kids seems to die Mm mm-hmm and then she gets
1: out of the train in a fur coat that she stole off a club kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to mention, like, I did feel that this definitely lends to the non-traditional nature of this movie. Yeah. That I watched it twice within a couple months. I was writing notes. For the life of me, on the way over here, I could not remember if Curtis survived. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we don't, like, find his body or anything. But it like, seems like they go out of his w- out of their way to show like that he gets out and and sort of uh not not gets out of the train explosion but like he secures his arm and it kind of wraps it up and and then we don't know well yeah the last <laughs> what thing i we remember see
0: before the explosion is Cracker and curtis mm-hmm. hugging yana on either side mm-hmm. and then the explosion happens and then she gets up and they don't mm. um and i think she says father father like, I like see. she sees that he's dead and then like then timmy uh also survives because (laughs) yeah you're gonna find so many balls out there buddy um or at least wads yeah (laughs) and then they both kind of get decked out in some fur gear and they're like okay it's time to figure out some way to make our way in this crazy ass world they're both gonna die in like a month yeah both of them yeah but hey you know like maybe maybe you should have blown the train in in a more populated area (laughs) like i don't know in the remains of a city or something like that one city that they passed through earlier where there's that uh that train they see outside with the frozen crowd outside of it. You remember that? Yeah, yeah. That's fucked up.
1: Uh, all all the outside glimpses of the world are, are appropriately scary. Yeah, yeah. It looks like everything went to shit really quickly. <laughs> like like in about 45 minutes. So I guess sort of the with the overall thematic message of of this final choice being like mm-hmm. <sighs> if if everyone has full knowledge of how society is maintaining itself you have to make the choice of whether you're willing to make those compromises or just blow the whole thing up yeah more or less (laughs) Uh, yeah i mean i think it was more if you give
0: people an option they'll they'll take drastic measures to get out of people don't like being put in boxes Mm -hmm. um and what is a train but a series of boxes.
1: <laughs> oh.
0: um, no, they, they uh, you know, people, people don't like living in this prescribed and inherently limited way and would rather take a chance on, you know, a much more dangerous and fleeting situation than stay where it's safe and secure if they know that there's nothing more for them in that spot you know we 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 strive um we we want to reach out and and find out what's over the next hill and the thing about being in a train is you can't climb any hills Mm -hmm. um you know it's uh you know it's all very 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 allegorical yeah i mean you know the train stays on a track it always takes the same path you know everybody's got their place in the train nothing is ever going to change you know theoretically this thing could keep going with you know it's it's child thievery and it's occasional uh professionally managed revolutions until the end of time
1: um i did think it it felt like an interesting cautionary tale by how few of the upper class people seem aware of any of this yeah, yeah yeah and sort of like the um uh Self fulfilling delusion, I guess, of how how far you're willing to delude yourself if yeah. you're comfortable with how things are.
0: Yeah, I mean, about 75 <laughs> percent of people, uh, I mean, don't want to admit this, but you know, if you give us enough champagne and nice clothes, we will, and like a flimsy justification for the suffering <laughs> of others, we'll kind of just ignore it. I mean, think about like I, I think about this a lot, like how um, how radically I would have to alter my life in order to live like a truly sustainable lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Like I'm wearing, I mean, I don't know for a fact because I haven't checked the labels on the show <laughs> (laughs) my clothes Mm -hmm. but i guarantee you i'm wearing something that was created in a sweatshop right now right you probably are too Mm -hmm. listener you probably are too (laughs) like sorry like are you living in an apartment right now are you pulling power from a power grid are you uh you know do you have food like yeah you probably are you probably owe your comfort to the misfortune of others in some way right That's just a horrible fact of, you know, modern society. It sucks and it's shitty. But the bottom line is that if you don't want that to be what your life is, then you're going to have to live a much riskier life. Mm -hmm. You know, like if we wanted to change our lives so that we were 100% sustainable, we'd probably have to move out into the woods and figure out a whole lot about solar panels (laughs) and water (laughs) filtration and shit. And yeah, we could probably do it, but it would be very difficult. And you know, we'd have to sacrifice a whole lot of things about our lives. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's, you know, I guess the one way you could read the ending of this film is that it finally got bad enough that someone was willing to do that. Past the breaking point. Yeah, exactly. Maybe. I don't know. What do you think?
1: No, I mean, I, I that's definitely, I think, is sort of one of the themes of, like, it sometimes is about hard choices, and it's about recognizing when the balance is wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and sort of because they're, you know, it's I I, I don't know exactly the i don't know sort of what the author's intent was but you know in in coming decades there's there's going to be a lot of issues with feeding the global population yeah
0: everybody get 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 used to algae get get into (laughs) eating algae cricket Um, protein yeah algae and cricket protein and farm raised tilapia that is (laughs) that is pretty much what you want to that's what you want to get into give Um, it a shot curtis yeah (laughs) (laughs) i think that's pretty much that's pretty much it for this movie is there anything else you wanted to talk about um No, I think we covered it. Cool. Um yeah so i guess it's on me to pick the next one isn't it um and because you mentioned it um and i don't know if you guys are getting this yet listeners but uh we do just decide what we're gonna watch next on the air (laughs)
1: like i don't i don't i mean i'm not gonna speak for for jp but i don't premeditate at all i just pick a movie (laughs) off the top of my head (laughs) i usually try and think about it a lot and then my mind is blank and i just say the first thing that comes out
0: yeah so uh because you mentioned it and i have wanted to watch it again um and it is kind of in keeping with uh the theme of asian dystopias uh Let's watch. Um, let's watch Battle Royale. Okay. Yeah. Great. I haven't mm. seen that in forever. Have you ever seen Battle Royale two? I have not. Yeah. <laughs> Me either. We. Uh, yeah. We could watch that and do like a Hunger Games comparison. Um, in fact, like go well i've already seen it once i'm not gonna make you watch it twice but uh-huh. if you get a chance it's on netflix instant watch the hunger games too okay mm. um and i can the, do that we can do a little comparison because i mean they're both movies about a bunch of kids forced to kill each other sure for society's amusement <laughs> um there's there's a lot of parallelism happening here um and i feel like it's you know it, you, you got to kind of mention it if you're going to talk about battle royale because <laughs> the hunger games is such a huge you know franchise juggernaut now it's going to be a hell of a double feature podcast <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah it's gonna be fun um, all right guys uh, we will talk to you next time until then uh, you know watch it again Thanks.